European Standard for Scott and Mitchell, article by P.L. Curran. It was an action-packed weekend of athletics that took place in Santry with the AAI Games, and it was an opportunity for athletes to reach qualifying standards for the European Under-20 and Under-23 Championships to be held in Estonia in July. Molly Scott of St. Lawrence O'Toole AC achieved the standard in the 100 metres for the European Under-23 Championship, running 11.61 seconds in her first race. She bettered this again in the second race with 11.39 seconds, a massive personal best, but unfortunately the wind was 2.6 metres per second, which means the time did not stand. Hopefully I can lower my time further over the coming weeks, said a very confident Scott. Jack Mitchell from the O'Toole's club, who is also showing great form this year, lined up in lane 4 with his clubmate Alan Miley in lane 6. And from the gun, Jack was in complete control and crossed the line with a European qualifying standard of 51.73 seconds. Jack is in University Limerick College and trains with Olympian Thomas Barr. The runner-up, Alan Miley, was just short of the standard for the European under-20s with a time of 53.73 seconds. Alan needed 53.5, which he can achieve next weekend at the National Under-20 Championships. Other notable performances over the weekend were Matthew Callan and Keenan, who claimed the gold medal in the pole vault, jumping 4.55 metres. A massive clearance from Matthew, who is very close to that 5-metre barrier. In the same competition was training partner Adam Nolan, who placed fifth with a jump of 3.65. But in the high jump, Adam took the bronze medal away with a 1.95 metre jump and inching closer to clear the 2 metre barrier. Adam's sister, Kira Nolan, had a fine competition in the discus, with a PB placing sixth with a throw of 31.89 metres. In the same race as Molly, Saivo O'Toole placed 8th with a season's best improving on last weekend with a time of 12.31. And in the 200 metres in race 2, Kira Moore placed 5th in a time of 22.22. And race 3, Chloe Hayden placed 3rd in a time of 26.21. Well done to Art Murray and Ty Grine in the pole vault. The Doyle sisters of Elsa, Catherine and Sheila who competed the women's 800 metres. Congratulations to all, especially Molly and Jack, on qualifying for the Euros, and let's not forget all the athletes over the weekend who competed at senior level. The AAI Games is an excellent competition, and not an easy one to meddle at. The future's bright for the St. Lawrence O'Toole Club. Molly records PB and obtains European qualifying standard. Article by Kieran Murphy. Carlo Sprinter, Molly Scott, has put herself in pole position to be selected on the Irish team to take part in the Under-23 European Athletics Championships, which take place in Estonia from the 8th to the 11th of July. At the AAI and Irish Life Health National Senior and Junior Combined Events Championships held in Santry over the weekend, she recorded a personal best in the 100 metres final, posting 11.39 seconds. While that time was wind-aided, in her heat a few hours earlier, she had already run a time of 11.61 in ideal conditions, which if the team was being selected now, would be good enough to ensure her selection. The final 11.39 was a windy PB, 
it was over the legal limit. It goes towards ranking events, but in the first race I ran 11.61 and got the European under-23 qualification, she explained. It, the heat, was perfect. The wind in the first race was legal. The first race was very early and it was very flat. For the final, the wind had picked up then. Only three get picked to go to the European under-23s and three people had already run faster than me. I ran faster than one of them yesterday, but that doesn't mean I'm on the plane yet. There are two weeks left, Molly cautioned. The championships, which are held every two years, was originally due to be held in Norway. But with ongoing Covid restrictions, the host country was forced to withdraw, and now the event will be held in Tallinn. Molly, who is currently studying for the bar exams, which take place in August, is in good form at the moment. Outside the top eight in the World Relay Championships a few weeks ago, it would take a different turn of events if she was to be part of a team or as an individual which would record the times which would get her into the Tokyo Olympics. I didn't have the fast time to get into all the races which have the ranking points. I ran good times, but don't have the ranking points. It's unlikely, she suggests. In the meantime, she is getting on with her studies, her training, and looking forward to registering more career-best times. Cricket. Mixed fortunes for Carlo clubs on first weekend of the season. Article by Harry Shortos. Cricket was back in the region with a bang over the weekend, with several teams in action. They suffered mixed fortunes. Carlo won faced off against Greystones 1 on Bank Holiday Monday in the Intermediate Cup B, losing by 47 runs. Bowling first, they kept Greystones to a respectable 137 from their 20 overs, with Abdullah Davodsi and Asif Butt each picking up two wickets apiece, Rocky Butt picking up the fifth. With the bat, only Bobby Trika was able to offer any resistance, scoring 40 not out, running out of partners. Tahir Mahmoud was next highest on 21. They were in action again on Saturday when they faced off against Merion at Carlow College and won by nine wickets. They restricted their opponents to just 85. They chased it down with ease, Rocky Butt making 60, Trika 16 not out and Mohammed Ismail 4 not out. Carlo too made the trip to face off against Wicklow County on Sunday in the minor Cup D and lost by 63 runs. Batting first, Wicklow posed a very imposing 175, losing only three wickets. Dara Dooley and Atter were the two wicket takers. With the bat, only the captain Sofiat Alam stood up, scoring 60. Atter, the only other player to make it into double figures, as they made 112. Bagnallstown 1 made the short trip to Stradbally to face neighbours Leash on Sunday and came away with a 79-run defeat. They lost the toss and bowled first. Having made early breakthroughs with the ball, they had their opponents 26-2 and at the halfway stage they had them 56-2. However, the final 10 overs let them down and Leash scored around par 154. Sonny Charles was the pick of the bowlers, albeit slightly expensive, picking up 234 off just four overs, with stand-in captain Shane O'Neill picking up 245 off four overs. 
his brother Robbie, 122, and Nadun Jasing, 119, each picked up a wicket apiece. With the bat, they had no luck, getting all out for 76. There was double-figure scores from Zahir Udin, 19, Shane O'Neill, 11, and Leo Joy, 13. But apart from that, they struggled with nobody standing up. Bagnallstown too picked up from where they left off last season with a good win against Merrion 6 by 43 runs. Batting first, they scored a decent 136, with Pardeep Huda top-scoring on 47 not out. He was supported by Dom Byrne, 14, Ashan Wijasinghe, 21, and Anis Shah, 12, who all made it into double figures. They would have felt comfortable defending that. With the ball, they did well to restrict their opponents to just 93. Some great work in the field, topped off by Inam Ulhaq, two wickets, Wijasinghe, Shah, Damar Budatoki and Ross Reid, on debut, all picking up a wicket apiece, gave them a good team performance and a first win ahead of the reversed fixture next weekend. Carlo Soccer, Over 35's Division 1 Playoff Final. Cretillard dominate to bring league title back. Article by Harry Shorthose. Score, Cretillard United 1, Kileshin nil. It was the battle of the experienced Cretillard versus the exciting Kileshin. It was the experience of Cretillard that won out as they dominated the game to bring home the league title back to Cretillard for the first time in four years. However, they will feel like they should have won by more. They had all the chances and bossed the game, with Kaleshin struggling to get into the game, their star man Shane Coakley being kept out. There were a number of half chances early on in this game. One of the first, if not the first, to be played on the new AstroTurf in the Meadows in Greg Cullen. The first real chance fell to Cretillard who had a free on the left, Jimmy Dunn's effort being saved. The Kaleshin keeper did fumble but kept his cool. It was on the 15-minute mark that Jason Enright found himself in plenty of space just outside of the box and shot into the top left-hand corner. Cretillard didn't sit back and kept going. A shot going wide, a corner from the left-hand side being cleared before a Gary Rowan corner found Jason Enright who couldn't control the ball and he sent it wide. As half-time approached, they went close with a couple of shots just missing the back of the net and a header from a corner from the left-hand side narrowly missed the bottom corner. The second half started much the same. Philip Brennan went close with an effort, but found himself the wrong side of the goal and unable to control the ball. Brendan Fox also shot wide. Just after the hour mark, Kaleshin had their first attempt on target, when Glenn Ryan went close but found his effort saved. John O'Neill went close for Kaleshin again minutes later, but found his effort from distance saved. Cretty weren't going to lie down though, and forced a corner on the left-hand side, which Brennan hit over the bar. Tom Dowling found his effort saved too, after he met a cross from the left-hand side. Kaleshin launched a late flurry of attacks. A header cleared off the line, an effort going over the bar, and a couple of wide efforts too but Cretillard held out to win yet another title for their cabinet. They have the chance to win the double next week when they face Balting Glass in the cup final. The teams. Cretillard, Eamon Gagan, Jerry Rowan, 
Paddy McConnelly, Terence Hockney, Mark Kelly, David Marr, Brendan Fox, Jimmy Dunn, Philip Brennan, Jason Enright, Tom Collins. The subs, Mark Fox, Martin Rice, Seamus Brennan, Philip Roach, Tom Dowling, Kieran Hosey, Darren Nade. Kaleshin, Tom Frauke, Tim O'Brien, Glenn Ryan, Tavo, Kieran Walsh, Brian Lawler, Mick McCarthy, Liam Dunn, Shane Coakley, Smolarek, Ian Brennan. Subs, Paddy MacDonald, Murty Williamson, John O'Neill, Anthony Walsh, Glenn Howard, Jimmy Hennigan, John MacDonald. Carlo Soccer League Match Reports Cretty Yard aiming for double when they face off against Balting Glass. Over 35 semi-final, Division 1 semi-final. Cretty Yard United 3, Parkville United 0. Cretty Yard started the game applying lots of pressure to the Parkville defence and were rewarded for their efforts when Brendan Fox was brought down in the penalty box. The penalty was scored by Jimmy Dunn. From the kick-off, Cretty Yard continued to apply more pressure and finally made it 2-0 just before half-time with a fine header from David Marr from a good free kick by Tom Collins. Second half, Parkville started to take a few more chances to get back into the game. This left a few holes for Cretty Yard to create some half-chances but could not take any of them and even missed a second penalty from Jason Enright. Their best goal came right at the end of the game with a fine chip from Tom Collins from outside the box. Best for Cretty Yard were Mark Fox, Paddy McConnelly, Mark Kelly and Terence Hockney. Best for Parkville, Mick Quinn, Keen Madden and David James. Balting Glass 2, Collection 1 Balting Glass stunned league leaders Collection in this hotly contested cup semi-final. Kaleshin went a goal up after 15 minutes with a well-worked goal. This woke Balting Glass up, who kept the pressure on the Kaleshin backline and got their reward just before the break, with a great finish from Peter Kyo. The second half saw Balting Glass have their tails up and kept the momentum going. They eventually got their lead with a strong header by Poddy Swinburne in the dying minutes of the game. Best players for Balting Glass, Declan Jones, Paddy Swinburne and Derek Nolan. Division 2 semi-final. Burn Celtic nil, St. Fiuks 1. St. Fiuks came out on top at the Valley in this close-run battle as both teams returned to action following the long Covid break. Despite having the greater early possession, the home team could not take advantage and having weathered the storm, Fiuks came into the match towards the end of the first half with a series of good passing moves through the midfield. After a scoreless first half, Fiuks came out the stronger after the restart. The only goal of the game came from a well-struck long-distance free kick that was floated into the net by Alan Smith. It cut out the burn defence and sailed over everyone into the net. The goal gave Fiuks something to defend, and they duly obliged, keeping away from the goal for long periods. With only a few minutes left, Byrne raised their game to put a string of attacks together, the closest chance coming from a corner when Richie Sinnott rose to head the ball onto the crossbar. The rebound would not drop fast enough for Celtic attackers to finish it off and claim the elusive equaliser, and Felix gladly cleared their lines to hold on for a hard-fought victory. Best for Byrne were Darren Moore, 
and Richie Sinnott. While it was an all-around excellent team performance from all Sviuk's players.